Hello everyone and welcome to today's show. I'm Andrew Bellers. I'm going to be your host for today. Unfortunately, Zach won't be here. He had a funeral that he had to attend this weekend. So I'm going to be hosting the show. I'm excited. I've got some interesting things to talk about. Today we're going to be talking about New Age spirituality. Now this is something that we've covered on the show before, but it's been a while. So we're going to revisit it. And it's going to tie into this conversation that we've been having on the show for the past couple of weeks about psychedelics, about DMT, about ayahuasca, and the spiritual ramifications of experimenting with those psychedelics. And we're also going to be talking about the large-scale impact of, of psychedelics and New Age spirituality when we're talking about prophecy and end-time events. So it's, it's a good show. I'm excited to bring it to you. I want to start out by saying this. There is a revival happening in America that has been happening for several years and you may not have heard about it. It is kind of a silent revival and it's happening primarily with people who are in my age group. It's happening to millennials, to my generation. I want to talk about a movie that I saw this week with my wife. It was called The Jesus Revolution. You may have heard about it. You may have seen it. If you haven't seen it, I think you should go see it. Uh, It was a great movie. It covered the Jesus movement that happened in the late 60s and the early 1970s, culminated around 1972. And the Jesus movement, if you didn't know this, and actually a a lot of people watching this might have even come to Christ in, in the midst of the Jesus movement. But if you didn't know this, the Jesus movement was the largest revival in American history. Around 250,000 people were saved during the Jesus movement. And many of them were young people who were engaged in, in the counterculture, the free love movement, and the psychedelic uh, drug culture of the time. So a lot of these young people who were in what they called at the time this hippie movement or this counterculture movement. They were experimenting with psychedelics because they were trying to uh, seek truth for themselves and they found psychedelics as a way to do that. They found it as a way to expand their mind. Uh, Timothy Leary, who is seen by a lot of people in that subculture as almost like a type of of prophet, um, as a leader to them, he saw psychedelics as the next, the next stage in human evolution. So like I said, many young people at the time were seeking truth and they were using psychedelics to do it. And as I'm watching this movie, I'm seeing these people come out of this deception, come out of this, this culture of, of using psychedelics to expand their mind and engage in a, a type of spirituality even it made me think about the topics that we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks of young people in my generation and how this is still going on and how it has even evolved that the movements that began in the 60s and the 70s, they are coming to fruition and, and they have evolved and they're, they're stronger now today even than, than they were then. And a lot of young people are using these psychedelics. They're having spiritual experiences they're having encounters with demonic entities and they are being lured into uh, a false deceptive religion. And a lot of young people who are having these experiences are coming out of them and they're moving into something called new age. 
And like I've said, we've talked about New Age spirituality on the show before, but if you don't know what it is, here's the dictionary definition. New Age is a broad movement characterized by alternative approaches to traditional Western culture with an interest in spirituality, mysticism, holism, and environmentalism. What it really is, it's, it's like a melting pot of, of like ancient Western paganism, of Eastern mysticism, things like Wicca, things like, um, you know, things like Hinduism, and they just kind of have melded all of this together. It's almost like an anything goes type of religious experience. And it's what a lot of people in my age group and younger uh, are pursuing when, they, when, when people say that they're spiritual. This is the kind of spirituality that they're pursuing. And it's a lot bigger than you might think. Here's one article. Witches outnumber Presbyterians in the US. That's so wild. Wicca, paganism growing astronomically. And the article says this, Pew Research Center studied the issue in 2014, discovering that 0.4% of Americans, approximately 1 to 1.5 million people, identify as Wicca or pagan, meaning their communities continue to experience significant growth. So that's in 2014. This is just the most recent data that we have. As of 2014, over 1 million people in this country identify as witches. The rapid rise is not a surprise to some given philosophical and spiritual trends in culture. Quote, it makes sense that witchcraft and the occult would rise as society becomes increasingly post-modern. The rejection of Christianity has left a void that people as inherently spiritual beings will seek to fill, said author Julie Royce. Postmodernism. This is something we're going to get into later in the show. It's something that we have covered extensively on this show. New Age spirituality and postmodernism are inherently linked and we're going to talk about that but here's another article showing that new age beliefs are not just in secular culture new age beliefs have actually infiltrated the christian church in america listen to this article new age beliefs common among both religious and non-religious americans most american adults self-identify as christians but many christians also hold what are sometimes characterized as quote New Age beliefs, including belief in reincarnation, astrology, psychics, and the presence of spiritual enemy in physical objects like mountains or trees. Overall, roughly 6 in 10 American adults accept at least one of these New Age beliefs. So 68% of just the country at large believe in at least one New Age belief. And this is, this gets even crazier. While 8 in 10 Christians say they believe in God as described by the Bible, 6 in 10 believe in one or more of four New Age beliefs analyzed here, ranging from 47% of evangelical Protestants to roughly 7 in 10 Catholics and Protestants in the historically black tradition. 60% of the American church holds New Age beliefs. This is much bigger than you realize. There are millions of people in our country who are adopting a New Age spirituality. And right now, like I mentioned at the beginning of this program, there are, there are so many people in my generation 
who who have been deceived into these into this new age spirituality who are being saved god is calling them out of this movement here's one notable one that you may have heard of his name is steve bancars he devoted his life to new age beliefs at the age of 19 and he actually began getting into new age uh, uh beliefs while studying aliens and ufos and that's another big deception that i think we're going to start seeing more of his beliefs led to a successful career. This is important. 200 to 300,000 people were visiting his New Age blog every single day. He was, at, he was incredibly successful. And that just shows that there is a huge amount of people who are interested uh, in, in, in this new spirituality. So he pushed things like... like uh, something called lucid dreaming and also something called astral projection which is this idea that you can cause your spirit to leave your body and to walk and and wander a spiritual realm and encounter other spiritual enemies and there are there are horrific testimonies of people who have been absolutely abused by demonic entities while they were doing this thing called astral projection he also during this time for something called Christ consciousness, which is this idea that we can all be Christ. We can all be God. If we just, if we just get in tune with the inherent connection that we all have to God or the eternal consciousness, um, then we can all, in a sense, become little gods. I mean, it's, this is absolutely wicked deception. And these are things that he promoted when he was in the new age movement but christ delivered him out of that movement and he's been saved and now he preaches the gospel he actually wrote a book with josh peck called the second coming of the new age josh peck's a friend of the show we actually did an interview with josh peck about this book um the other notable people like angela ucci she had a successful podcast called moon and back she was actually on the michael knowles podcast a lot of you know about that with the daily wire and talking about her journey out of new age, out of belief in astrology and yoga and, and crystals. She was actually in something called a star seed cult, which is this idea that, that there are certain people on earth who are actually aliens who came here a long time ago and, and they're, they're guiding humanity um, to a better world. So she believed she was an alien and God saved her out of that movement and now she's a Christ follower and she preaches the gospel there are so many people in my age group that are coming out of this movement there are hours and hours and hours of testimony on social media of people of Millennials who were in the new age spiritual movement and are now following Christ I want to show a clip of just this is just a montage of just a handful of clips that I found um, just talking about people who are in this movement and have come out of it. Let's play that clip. Hi, my name is Josh, and this is my testimony on how I became a follower of Jesus Christ. I basically had a belief system that was more or less New Age. So I believed that the universe was God. Uh, I believed that we could control our own thoughts and feelings. That was the case right up until I was about 33 years of age. 
went through the Bible. Now, I had actually never read the Bible up until that point. I'd read you know, various passages here and there, but I certainly did not know what was in it. And I finished reading it in about five months. I read it cover to cover, and I could not fault it. There was nothing in there that it said that was contradictory to what I could clearly see embedded into the natural world. So at that point, I knew unequivocally that the Bible was true. Hi, my name is Chris Smith. I am 35 years old. I'm an engineer, an entrepreneur in the tech industry. And there was about three or four years where I was deeply seeking to try and understand what was true, what was life about, what was my purpose. And through that journey, I explored deep into psychedelics and mushrooms and ayahuasca and DMT got into energy healing and crystals and astrology. And I was basically throwing anything and everything at the wall to see what would stick. And ultimately it led me to faith in Jesus Christ. My name is Everett. I ended up going to college in Colorado at Boulder, which is one of the actual hotspots of new age. Yoga studios everywhere, you know, healing, psychics, uh, meditation area. Like it was incredible. It's not only naturally gorgeous, but I saw like a spiritual value to it. So I went there and I began to get even deeper into these new age philosophies, which is really just ancient religions, ancient spiritualities, mostly from the East, packaged and branded in a new scientific psychology way. Like, is this really the truth? Jesus Christ, just believing in him and you're saved and you have eternal life, just the simple fact. It was just this knowing that came upon me, but it was a decision to believe. It was a decision to make that choice to believe. And I told Bob, I said, I'm ready. And he led me through a simple prayer. You know, crystals, meditation, yoga, all of it. Like I was into all of it, the self-help industry and all of it is just so self-absorbed. And that is why I felt like something was off with it and that I needed to leave. And God really showed me, he really like took the blinders off me one day. And it was like, I could never look at it again the same. Hello everyone, my name is Natalia Taylor and this is my testimony from New Age to Jesus. This video is my testimony on how I came to know that God is real, but now I can honestly say that I finally know the truth. And that truth is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who died on the cross for our sins. This is a testimony from me to come from sort of the New Age industry, which I had spent most of my life. Um, since literally since I was I, like at least 11 is when I started really getting into that. And um, until last year, that's when I made the commitment to come to Jesus and to accept him as my Lord and Savior. Six months ago, maybe seven months ago, I met God. And through that uh, experience, I have simultaneously discovered that the reason I was able to meet God was because Jesus Christ and his sacrifice um, on the cross. I was going through those videos yesterday and I was just getting emotional seeing how radical the move of God is in my generation. I mean, listen to some of these, these video titles. I took psychedelics as a Christian and the unthinkable happened. Ex-yoga instructor. I left New Age to find truth. Another one, From New Age to Jesus, My Testimony. From mushrooms, ayahuasca, DMT, Buddhism, to Jesus, my testimony, my demonic attack, new age to Jesus testimony. These are all different people, all different testimonies. 
New Age Spiritual Healer Meets God Through Jesus, New Age and Video Games to Jesus, My Testimony. God healed me from everything I was trying to fix with New Age Spirituality. My incredible supernatural encounter with God. God is encountering these people who are in the midst of this deception and he's pulling them out and they are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. God is moving in a radical way in our generation. I just want to I just want to hang out on this point for, for, for just a minute. We talk about things on the show that, that frankly can be depressing if you allow yourself to dwell on them, if you don't view them through the proper lens of Jesus Christ and, and through an eternal lens. You look at the current events that are happening and they can be discouraging. But I just want to encourage you today, God is moving and whether you see it or not, revival is happening. And, and revival is going to continue to happen up until the very last moment. I think of the scripture in Revelation 6, 9, where the martyrs are calling out to God. This is what the scripture says. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And then this is what God did. Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. You see this picture of the martyrs saying, God, how long will you allow evil to dwell on the earth? How long will you allow these evil people to prosper? How long will you allow evil to conquer the earth and kill your servants? And God said, the full number has not come in. My full flock hasn't come in. There are still those who don't know me that I, that I know who will. Scripture says that we have been elected according to God's foreknowledge. He knows every single one of us who hearing the gospel will believe and put our faith in Christ and be saved and be given eternal life. And he's saying, you have brothers you have fellow servants that don't know me yet who will. So why am I enduring the evil and the wickedness that is existing on the earth? Why am I enduring my servants being killed in my name? Because there are still some that haven't come in. So up until the last moment, God is moving and he is bringing people into his flock and people are being saved. So I just want you to be encouraged that Today, revival is happening. So many people are being deceived and being pulled into new age. We've been talking about over the last couple of shows how psychedelics is being used to do this. And what is the end goal of this? What is the end goal of this kind of deception that is, that is moving its way across the West? And I believe that it is leading, it is setting the stage, it's laying the foundations for a one world religion. And scripture tells us that a that a global religion is coming. Revelation 13, three through eight says this. 
The whole world was filled with wonder and followed the beast. People worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast. And they also worshipped the beast and asked, Who is like the beast? Who can wage war against it? The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. It was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And it was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life, the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Of course, that's talking about Jesus Christ. It's saying that everyone, everyone who has not accepted Christ, everyone whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, every other one is going to is going to fall to this false religion. They are going to worship the beast, which is the Antichrist. Revelation 13, 15, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. When Jesus was asked by, by his disciples, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? How will we know that we are living in the last days? And Jesus said, take heed that no one deceives you. He said the marker of the last days will be widespread religious deception. He says, many will come in my name and they will deceive many. He's talking about a false religion here. First Timothy 4.1 says, now the spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. So where's this all leading? There will be a one world religion, but it will not be new age spirituality. And why is that? Because it's way too loosey-goosey. It's way too all religion goes. It's way too inclusive. New age spirituality is kind of like this idea that all paths lead to, you know, God or enlightenment or, you know, universal consciousness or what, uh, however they phrase it. What we know about the end time religion is that it's going to be authoritative, it's going to be totalitarian, and it's going to be oppressive. It is a religion that says, this is the truth. And that's not New Age spirituality. And that's because New Age spirituality is is intrinsically linked to postmodernism. Now we've talked about postmodernism on the show, but just a quick rundown. For basically all of human history, there have been three philosophies that have dominated human thought. Pre-modernism, which is the idea that there is truth, and the source of that truth is found in God, and no other place but God. And that was for thousands of years, that is what humans believed on this earth until the era of modernism, which started in the Enlightenment era and lasted for a couple hundred years. And modernism says that, yes, there is truth, but the source of that truth is not God. The source of that truth is human reason. It's logic. It's science. So then we had modernism. And after modern modernism, we're now living in the era of postmodernism. So what does postmodernism say? 
Postmodernism says there may be truth, but if there is, how can you know it? There may be truth, but there's no way for us to know it. We don't know what the truth is, and we don't know what the source of that truth is. And the heart of postmodernism is something called deconstructionism. And here's the definition. Deconstructionism. It's a philosophical movement in theory of literary criticism that questions traditional assumptions about certainty, identity, and truth. The heart of deconstructionism is to deconstruct. It's to destroy. It's to tear apart. That's the heart of postmodernism. Postmodernism is not a creative philosophy. And because of that, it's not an era that we can live in forever. Because you can only deconstruct and deconstruct and tear apart and destroy for so long before you're left with nothing. And that is the point. That is the point of New Age spirituality. That is the point of postmodernism. It's to destroy what came before and to leave us with nothing. It's to wipe the landscape clean so that something new can be built on top of it. And so we may not know exactly what that's going to be. But one thing that we do know is that it's going to be authoritative. It's going to be tyrannical. It's going to be oppressive. It's going to be absolute. In both the political sphere and the spiritual sphere, we know that the religion of the last days is going to be authoritative. But we don't know what it's going to be. We can guess. It may be a religion that exists on earth that has existed for over a thousand years. It may be a religion that does not exist yet. But at this point, I want to go into a study that I think is really interesting that sort of takes a stab at what that might be, what that end time religion might be. It's a study by Joel Richardson. And the first time I heard about this was from his book called The Islamic Antichrist. If you haven't read it, it's a super interesting read. Um, and he draws some really interesting parallels between Christian eschatology. Eschatology is that's, that's the study of end times and Islamic eschatology. And what he found is that just like in Christian eschatology, there are three main, uh, there's, of course, we have our trinity, but in, in our eschatology, there's almost like a reversed trinity or a demonic trinity, a parallel to God's trinity. And it is the dragon, which represents Satan, the beast, which represents the Antichrist, and then we have the false prophet. And in the eschatology of Islam, they have a very similar tr trinity. So the first of these figures is the Mahdi. He's their Messiah figure. Our Messiah is Jesus. Their Messiah is named the Mahdi. And he has some really interesting parallels with our understanding of who the Antichrist is going to be. For instance, he arrives on the scene in a time of chaos after a great war. 
He will be the ruler of the world. This is what they believe. The Mahdi will gather a coalition of nations from the Middle East to conquer Jerusalem, and he will rule the world from Jerusalem. That is what scripture says about the Antichrist. It says the Antichrist will set his seat of authority in Jerusalem. It talks about that in, in Daniel. The Mahdi will rule for seven years. We know that the Antichrist is going to rule for seven years. And so there's some interesting parallels between who they believe their Messiah is going to be and who we believe the beast or, or the Antichrist is going to be. And then the, the parallels continue. So they have a version of Jesus, which is very different from our version of Jesus. And this is what they, so they believe that Jesus is going to come back. They believe Jesus will return. But when he comes back, he's going to break crosses. And the reason that their Jesus breaks crosses is because they don't believe that Jesus was crucified and died and was resurrected. They don't believe that Jesus is God. They believe that Christianity is a false religion. So when their version of Jesus comes back, he's going to break crosses to show that, that you know, Christianity is a false religion. And then he's going to, uh, according to their prophecy, he's going to kill the, the false Jewish Messiah. And then he is going to follow the Mahdi, which is their, their savior figure. And he's going to direct worship. Their Jesus is going to direct all worship to their Mahdi, which has striking parallels to the Antichrist, who we know is going to be worshipped in the last days. And then they have a third figure, which is very interesting. This figure is called the Dajjal, and he is their version of the Antichrist. Um, he is a deceiver. And these are the things that he's going to do when he comes. He's going to claim to be God. He's going to claim to be Jesus Christ. He's going to heal many people. He's going to raise people from the dead. He's going to be a great deceiver. He's going to convert many Muslims to his cause. He'll be followed by Jews, and he'll be killed by the Mahdi and Jesus. I think it's really interesting that we're seeing some parallels between their version of their Antichrist and our Jesus, who we believe to be Jesus. He heals people. He raises people from the dead. He's going to convert many Muslims and he'll be followed by the Jews. And actually in their scriptures, it says this, the prophet said before the hour comes, there will be a tribulation like patches of dark night. A man will wake up a believer and go to sleep by nightfall, a kafir, which means unbeliever. And a man will go to sleep a believer and get up a kafir or an unbeliever. And there's, there is a fascinating phenomenon that is happening in the Islamic world today where Muslims are falling asleep as believers in Islam, believers in Allah, and they are encountering dreams and visions of Christ. And they're waking up and they're following Christ. It is, it's amazing. I want to play a clip right now. This is Dinesh D'Souza talking about this phenomenon. This is a clip from about a year ago. Let's play this. I want to talk about a remarkable phenomenon that is going on in uh, Asia um, and Africa, 
namely the large-scale conversion of Muslims to Christianity. How many converts? No one knows exactly for sure, but from the Muslim side, you have had complaints. Uh, there was a complaint um, by a guy on Al Jazeera who said that by his count, six million Muslims are converting to Christianity each year. Interestingly, when you talk to Christian pastors, and I'm referring here to a very interesting article that quotes a number of these pastors, they claim that the reason that Muslims convert, or at least a substantial number of them convert, is that they have dreams and visions of Jesus Christ. Now, this is a little bit far out, but apparently an Iranian convert, this guy's fairly typical, he said, quote, many people are having dreams and visions about a shining man dressed in white telling them about Jesus. The leader of a Presbyterian church in Pakistan said that there were some Afghan uh, imams who traveled hundreds of miles to study the Bible. And when he was asked, well, why are they doing that? He goes, quote, dreams. Christ appeared to them in their sleep. Um, and then um, a Colorado pastor who conducts classes in Arabic via the radio and the internet, he goes, virtually all my students came following dreams, following dreams. There's a missionary named Michael uh, Stallwork, and he is a missionary in Frankfurt. And he said a veiled woman came up to him. He thought it was a beggar. He was about to give her money. But she goes, are, are you the imam? And uh, he said, well, I'm not an imam, but I am the pastor of this church. And she said, uh, well, in that case, you are the right man. God has commanded me in a dream to go to the big church on the market square and ask for the imam, meaning the priest, to tell me the truth. Isn't that amazing? I want to leave with one scripture. It's a scripture that we say often on this show. It's in Matthew 16, 3. And this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. And he says, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red but you are unable to interpret the signs of the times. He's saying you can interpret the weather, but you who have my word, who study my scriptures, are unable to recognize the times in which you are living. And he condemned them for that. The signs are clear. The signs of the times that we're living in today are clear. And Jesus tells us that we need to be aware of them and we need to know the time that we're living in. And the only way that we can do that is if we are communing with God and His Holy Spirit. We're spending time with God. We're following His Spirit. And we're spending time in God's Word. We have to feed our spirit man with the Word of God. Scripture says that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And as we enter these final days, where we know trouble and tribulation is coming, where, where there's going to be a time of testing, we have to be in tune with God's Spirit, and we have to be devouring His Word. So that's all the time that we have for today. I hope that this uh, program has encouraged you, and we'll see you next week.